I'd been homeless in several different cities. I'd been an alcoholic for over a decade. Uh, well, my whole life, but I'd been drunk for over a decade. Grayson Russell knew he could not go on the way he'd been living. I mean, it was a gun or it was change. Grayson Russell is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Phil Fleischman. My co-host, Jim Kirkland, is on vacation. A little later in this episode, Billy Graham is going to address some of the questions that have plagued Grayson, and maybe you too. What is life all about? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? What is life for? The Bible has the answer to those questions, and Billy Graham is going to tell you what it is toward the end of the program. If you'd like to look into it sooner, though, just visit us at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. I was constantly in trouble. Um, Most of my friends were pretty wild, and we all cut school and did foolish stuff. Grayson Russell grew up in Sumter, South Carolina. His mom divorced his dad when he was a baby, and she remarried when he was about six. Eventually, she had three more children. I had the the solitary six years with my mom, I think, and that that may be where, when I think back, I was given license to, to sort of be creative and think outside the box. And, I mean, she was a teacher, and I remember, you know, I would be... I went to the same school that she went to, and she would be teaching late. And I would go to this lady who was an art teacher after school and just try to draw or paint. As he got older, Grayson would continue to explore his creative talents and discover a gift for writing. He also discovered within himself an existential longing to understand the meaning of life. Why did God create us? The majority of my life I've spent questioning my existence, a purpose on earth, what are, you, what are we here for? Um, what am I here for? And how do we find that? How do we find a niche where we're, we're able to, to cultivate a life that seems meaningful and that we find not just mere contentment or complacency or security, but that we find some sort of passion still in it. We all want to know what life is about. One of the places Grayson looked for answers was the University of Georgia. He began studying literature there. But then he hit another existential crisis of sorts when a couple of professor friends of his asked him why he was there. They kind of looked at me and asked me, you know, like, well, what do you really want? Do you want to pursue this and, and get a degree? Or what, what is it? And I said, I, I just want to write. And they said, well, what are you going to do with a degree? I mean, teach? And I said, no, I don't want to teach. I want to write. And so I came to that crossroads, and I was like, okay. So I basically walked out and booked a flight to Paris <laughs> and took a little typewriter and went to Paris. France was home to some of the most well-known existential philosophers and writers of the 20th century, so Paris seemed like a good place for Grayson to do some of his own writing. He did odd jobs to get by, and he was homeless some of the time. 
I had an apartment. I squatted with friends. I mean, it was kind of a bohemian lifestyle. Um, I slept in a park right across the street from Notre Dame. Um, you know, it, it was an adventure. It wasn't a godly life Grayson was living, but he never lost his awareness of God. I couldn't look at the beauty of everything that was around and not, you know, I, I don't care what you believe, anybody believes. I mean, it, there's a part in the human nature and the human soul that yearns for something that's higher than itself. And um, everybody defines it differently, but that part in me was still alive. One of the ways Grayson made money was tending bar, but he wasn't just serving the drinks. I was using alcohol basically to self-medicate at times, and it became a lifestyle over there. From Paris, Grayson went to Spain for a while and then to Amsterdam before returning to the United States. In all, he spent about three years in Europe. He was drinking the whole time he was there, and he continued drinking when he returned to the States. I traveled back to New York, and then I traveled around the southeast and went to Florida and just kind of bummed around. And at that time, I wasn't at the greatest. I wasn't in a really good contact with my family at all, so... um, it was, it was a rough time. It was during his time in Florida that Grayson really began to realize that he needed to start making some changes in his life. I remember one Sunday I went to a local bar and um, got a Bloody Mary, and the same guy was out there singing the same songs, and he sang Margaritaville by Jimmy Buffett. And you know, that's one of the most karaoke songs and played songs ever, so you, you often just don't listen to the lyrics and you just kind of like oh that's on and you block it but that day I I listened to it and I was like man I'm sitting in this like I'm in a Jimmy Buffett song and I was like something's wrong like this is spiritual suicide you know I mean it's just soul suicide so Grayson decided to try restarting his life back home in South Carolina that lasted about a year and a half then everything fell apart he lost his job and his relationship with his girlfriend back in Paris. I, I mean, I didn't know which way to turn. I mean, I was, I was just, I was drinking almost to survive. I had to move back in with my parents at 33 and a half. I've got friends that own million dollar companies, uh, you know, and I'm like moving in with my parents, dead broke. And, you know, I hung on for a few months still drinking after I lost my job and, and everything at that one moment. It all kind of happened like within a week. Everything in my life just kind of disappeared. When my heart is torn asunder And my world just falls apart It was a critical moment in Grayson's life. He knew things had to change one way or another. I mean, it was a gun or it was change. And there was something inside of me that wanted to change or give change a chance. And so I started trying to just buy each day back step by step. That journey included Alcoholics Anonymous, a pastor who was also a clinical psychologist, a rehabilitation program, and a Christian halfway house. Together, they all helped Grayson come to terms with struggles in his life. Struggles like his long-held anger toward God for even allowing him to be born. And then as I sobered up in the halfway house, I started to begin to see that my life wasn't really mine to decide on whether I should have been born or not. Um, 
I was hell, man. I, I I remember calling my mother drunk, you know, telling her why didn't she have an abortion? Why did she have me? Why did she go through all that just for me? And I mean, I I was pretty angry at the world, and I badgered people for a while. But Jesus was in the process of transforming Grayson, and he was using Grayson's growing involvement with the halfway house to do it. I started trying to get out and help other people, and I was in a unique position, I felt, at the time, because I had been homeless in several different cities. I'd been an alcoholic for over a decade. Um, Well, my whole life, but I'd been drunk for over a decade. I'd seen the streets, and I knew what the streets were like, and... So I got really involved in, in, in trying to help other people. Take these hands. I know they're empty, but with you they can be used for beauty in your perfect plan. All I am is yours. The way Grayson began trying to help other people was by ministering to men and women who were living in abandoned houses by loving them the way he thought Jesus would call him to love them. You know, I'd just take them food. Sometimes they needed socks, whatever we could do. I had gone into a couple houses, and it was just, you know, I mean, when you go in there and there's, like, a plastic bag stretched across the toilet because there's no running water, and people are defecating in it, you know, using the bathroom, and then, you know, then there's needles everywhere. It was in these crack houses, these dilapidated shelters for desperately lost people, that Grayson discovered a way to use his artistry to point people to Christ. I was going in and out of crack houses. I mean, that's, that's how I got started building crosses. Crosses. Grayson began making crosses from scrap pieces of wood and siding that he found at crack houses and other abandoned houses. It was a way for him to process what he saw in those houses as well as what he was working through in his own life. I didn't want to write for about a year because I'd always, I always wrote with a glass of whiskey with, you know. So I wanted to kill the romance of the idea. So I wanted to do something that was more manual. And I, I started working again with wood. And I just, I grabbed some old wood it was from a burnout house and then another place and I... I made a couple crosses for people who were donating a lot of time okay. to the shelter, and I showed it to them, and I said, hey, here's a gift, you know. And they were like, wow. That was similar to my reaction the first time I saw one of Grayson's crosses and heard the story behind it. That was in a gift shop. Then I went to his workshop in a small town in South Carolina, and honestly, I was at a loss for words. It's an old one- or two-car garage with crosses hanging from the wall studs. No two are exactly alike. And on the floor, leaning against the walls, are stacks of wood he uses to make the crosses. The garage doesn't have air conditioning, so Grayson does most of his cross-making work in the middle of the night, at least in the hot summer months. And when he's working on a cross, it's a time of prayer, of meditation on the Lord, and of drawing close to Jesus. Looking at the cross, if I'm going to keep making them, I have to see the whole of it. I have to see like it being walked up the hill, passed on to Simon of Serene, and then I have to see Christ up there with the two thieves beside him. I have to see that. I have to see him saying it's finished, him being taken down from the cross. But then in order to see that, I have to see him being born and the way that he was born. And then, you know, the great three years of his life where he began, you know, teaching. And just the small actions of love 
I mean, picking up a soldier's ear and putting it back on, I, you know, that's a miracle. But there's simple things that he did that you and I can do as human right. beings right. for each other, and we don't do it. Grayson says using broken pieces of wood to create the symbol of God's offer of redemption is a picture of his own life. I was around so much brokenness with addiction, spiritually broken. Myself, I'd just come out of that and was kind of like I was on training wheels, basically, um, and learning how to kind of move through the world again. And I was seeing it around me, and, and it was, you know, most of that, those houses don't exist anymore. Um, they've been bulldozed. Um, and so I, that was the idea, was to take something and give it, repair, give it some sense of repair. And that's, that is the story of it. I come for life, I come for peace, I come before you on my knees. Lord, you my cry, you're all I need, oh God, I come to the cross. The crosses that Grayson Russell makes are reminders of the repair work God has done in his life. What about you? Have you allowed God to begin repair work in your life? We can tell you more about that at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. You know, Grayson has struggled with more than alcoholism and a search for meaning. He's going to talk about another struggle and God's help with it in just a minute. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. What is life all about? Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? What is life for? Have you ever sat down and thought about that? Have you ever asked yourself those questions? Billy Graham, Columbia, South Carolina, 1987. And how many of you are trying to put the puzzles of life together in your life, in your marriage, in your business, in your school, in your work, with your friends? Life is a big puzzle and you haven't found a way to put it all together yet. Jesus Christ can do it for you if you'll let him. He made it possible for you to meet God and to have your sins forgiven. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So when you come to Christ, you come to a risen Christ, a living Christ that's ready to go back to the office with you and back to your home and back to your school and be with you from this moment on. You can get classic Billy Graham messages like that one delivered right to your inbox. We include them in our weekly e-newsletter called Weekend Encouragement. It also includes the latest episode of GPS and some other features from Billy Graham Radio. If you'd like to sign up for it, go to billygrahamradio.org. Scroll to the very bottom and look for the email updates box. Our guest on this episode of GPS is Grayson Russell, and he's talked about his struggles with alcoholism and with trying to find meaning in life. But Grayson's also struggled with depression throughout most of his life, and he says scripture brings him a lot of comfort. When that depression hits, it's, I don't care how strong your faith is, it's, it's, it's pretty terrible because it, it can wind things down to just this emptiness of, of a feeling. I mean, in Psalms, 42 is sort of, it's a song of melancholy that, you know, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, 
while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope in thou God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. We want to thank Grayson Russell for welcoming us into his studio and taking time to share the story of God's work in his life with us. You can get a look at some of the crosses Grayson has made on his Facebook. Just search Facebook for Grayson Russell Handcrafted Crosses. And if you'd like to know more about beginning a relationship with the same Jesus who rescued Grayson from himself, visit this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. On behalf of my vacationing co-host Jim Kirkland and our producer Josh Batson, thanks for listening to this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.